0: Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by co founding pastor John Ferguson as we continue the series U. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. When you joined us today, you were given one of these. Do you remember these little finger traps? Well, it turns out you can get a whole bunch of these for very little money. So we decided to give everyone with us on Community Online their very own finger trap. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> we don't have all of your addresses, but hey, check in at communitychristian.info and well, you just never know. So here's how these work. You put your index finger from each hand into each end of the finger trap. And what happens? You're stuck, right? And then what is your natural instinct or Impulse. Of course, it's to pull away. Everything in you wants to move your fingers away from each other in order to get out of the trap. But we know that the real answer is not to follow your natural impulse. The only way to get out of this trap is to do something quite counterintuitive, and that is to push your fingers toward one another, and then you can get out. You actually free yourself when you do what is counterintuitive, but that's so hard to do because you are going against everything you naturally want to do. Now, this will take us back a few years, but it reminds me of one of the most hilarious Seinfeld episodes ever. Uh, George remarks to Jerry that every decision he has ever made has been wrong, and his life is the exact opposite of what it should be. Well, Jerry tells him, if every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. So then George commits to doing the complete opposite of what he would normally do. He orders the opposite of his normal lunch. He introduces himself to a beautiful woman, and then he says to her the opposite of what he would normally say. He says, my name is George. I am unemployed, and I live with my parents. She's actually impressed and agrees to date him. And later, the strategy somehow lands him a job with the New York Yankees. It is hilarious. But you know, in many ways, the U plus life that Jesus offers us is also so counterintuitive. It is life in his kingdom, and it challenges almost every natural instinct. And so to live the U plus life, we have to change the way we think. And more specifically, we have to adopt Jesus upside down and sort of opposite way of life. One of Jesus' closest friends and followers records Jesus saying this. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full this life and life to the full is what we are calling the u plus life it is life in god's kingdom the life for which we were truly made the life we've always actually wanted but sadly so many of us don't experience the u plus life because we're stuck in the u life life lived according to the kingdoms of this world that are ruled by success comfort influence popularity And those pursuits can steal, kill, and destroy our pursuit of Jesus and the U-plus life he offers in his kingdom. When Jesus stepped into our world 2,000 years ago, he found people stuck in the U life. His world was very much like ours. It was a world where division was rampant. He operated in in Jewish territories that were under oppressive Roman rule. Uh, There were ethnic tensions between Jewish people, Samaritans and Gentiles. There were even factions among the Jewish people themselves. Some thought it would be best to assimilate with the Roman rulers. Many withdrew and and passively resisted and still others wanted to take up arms and fight for power. Sound familiar? Yeah, the world was a mess and people longed for someone to lead them to a better way. And Jesus arrives with a vision for living that was different, counterintuitive. And in many ways, the complete opposite from how people were living. It was life lived in his kingdom as his disciples. According to Matthew, the former tax collector turned disciple, Jesus urged people to experience life in his kingdom. When he said this, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent, turn away for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Yes, the kingdom of heaven had come so near, it was standing right in front of him in the person of Jesus. And Jesus welcomed anyone into his kingdom when he said, come follow me, come follow me. So how do we learn to live this kind of life, this U plus life? Well, we look to Jesus. He modeled and taught what life in his kingdom looks like. His first disciples, people like Peter and John and Martha and Andrew and Mary, they listened to his words and they did what he said. They began to experience life in his kingdom. And that's what we're doing through this series. We're digging into Jesus' teaching on the kingdom and learning what it means to to live in his kingdom as part of his family, to actually be a disciple of Jesus. And if you want to learn about life in God's kingdom, Jesus' teaching known as the Sermon on the Mount may be the very best place to start. This teaching is Jesus' most widely known explanation for how life in the kingdom of God is actually meant to be lived. New Testament professor... Amy Jill Levine writes this These three chapters tell us that the kingdom of heaven is not some abstract place with pearly gates and golden slippers, harp music, and a bunch of angels flapping their wings. The kingdom of heaven occurs when people take the words of Jesus in these chapters to heart and live into them. Through this teaching, Jesus is asking us, Will you follow? me. Will you follow me? So let's dive in. Jesus starts with a series of blessings known as the Beatitudes. And I believe they were so counterintuitive that they absolutely blew people's minds. The Beatitudes are pronouncements that a a certain way of being in the world leads to blessing or, or human flourishing. Theologian Jonathan Pennington writes that in the Beatitudes, Jesus is offering and inviting his hearers into a way of being in the world that will result in their true and full flourishing now and in the age to come. But what's so shocking is that in these Beatitudes, the people Jesus calls blessed are people no one else would have ever considered blessed. No one. So as his disciples gather around him on a hillside, just north of the Sea of Galilee, the the faces looking back at Jesus, they're not the faces of the rich and powerful. This is not a gathering of Forbes 30 under 30. Their faces would not grace the pages of People Magazine's Most Beautiful People issue. These are ordinary people, people like you and me, people that are just trying to get by, figure out life. And for many, it was not an easy way of life. Uh, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine with me that we are there with him on that hill. And we lean in as we listen to Jesus upside down, counterintuitive way of thinking. Now, on our day, we might say, blessed are those with the most followers and likes for they will have great influence on social media. Uh, but Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is saying that when you feel like a a nobody, spiritually lacking, deficient, when it feels like everyone else has more than you, more Bible knowledge, more gifts, more talents, more everything, you are blessed, Jesus says. Uh, We might say uh, blessed are the thick skinned for they never show weakness. Uh, but Jesus in verse 4 says blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Here Jesus is saying blessed are those who weep. Those of us who have been crushed by rejection, those who may have lost careers or businesses or life savings or even someone you love. You are blessed. Uh, we might say well, well blessed are those who take charge. People who know what they want and will stop at nothing until they get it. Uh, but Jesus says Blessed are the meek, in verse 5, for they shall inherit the earth. Jesus is saying it's the ones who actually learn to hold back, who may be intimidated or unassertive. They are the ones who are blessed. When others step forward to speak up and, and you tend to shrink back and then beat yourself up over it afterwards, Jesus says, you're still blessed. Uh, we might say blessed are those who you know fly first class to luxury vacation spots on tropical islands where they lay around all day in lounge chairs on beautiful white instagram ready no filter needed beaches holding one of those drinks that have the little multicolored umbrellas in it they shall be satisfied but jesus says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled yeah jesus says It's those who carry around a never-ending angst for wrongs to be made right. Whether it's the messiness of sin in your own life or the injustices you see inflicted on others, you may constantly feel burdened, but Jesus says, you are blessed. We might say, blessed are those who demand much, for they get results. But Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. If you look down upon, if you feel looked down upon or are labeled as weak by those who seem to know how to take care of business, Jesus calls you blessed. Uh, We might say, uh, blessed are those who seem to be floating through life. Those who have a golden retriever bounding along, playing with the kids in the park, for they shall be the envy of families everywhere. But Jesus in verse eight says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Jesus says here that, when you feel like you're the only one who's bothered by everything that's wrong, when your perfectionistic tendencies haunt you, your friends may say you're the pain in the butt, but Jesus, he calls you blessed. We might say, uh, blessed are the instigators for they make people notice them. But Jesus says, blessed are the cheesemakers. Just kidding. That, that's for the Monty Python fans. I couldn't help myself. Jesus actually says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Yes, you may often find yourself in the middle. Both sides get frustrated with you, not backing them up. It rips you up inside, but Jesus calls you blessed. Uh, We might say, uh, blessed are those who respond quickly to their critics, for theirs is the satisfaction of owning someone in an argument. But Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of their righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is saying here, maybe you've actually been insulted and lied about because you've been labeled one of those Jesus people. And sure, the rejection hurts, but Jesus calls you blessed. You're blessed. In the Beatitudes, You see, Jesus describes the blessed as those who were typically overlooked, undervalued, and marginalized. And as he said these words to a group of ordinary people sitting on a hillside, they had to be confused because the people whom Jesus said were blessed were not the ones everyone thought were really blessed. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you're relieved. You might be thinking, well, how could Jesus say such things? Are they really true? Are these are these people really blessed? Or is Jesus just playing the role of the nice friend who comes around when you're downed and says the right stuff to make you feel better? To understand why Jesus says these people are blessed, you see, we have to correct something we often get wrong about the Beatitudes. We often misread the Beatitudes as a list of virtues that we should try to cultivate in our lives. We tend to think that what Jesus is doing in these blessings is telling us to stop chasing power, wealth, and popularity, all the stuff our world tells us is important, and instead figure out how to hunger and thirst for righteousness or how to be a peacemaker, although we're never quite sure what it means to try to become poor or persecuted. But you see, the Beatitudes are not statements telling us what to do. Rather, they are observations of what is. Let me say that again. The Beatitudes are not statements telling us what to do. They are observations of what is. When Jesus pronounced these blessings, he wasn't giving instructions on how to live. He was looking into the faces of real people sitting on that hill in front of them. Yeah, he was looking into the eyes of the poor man who never feels his presence is valued or wanted. He noticed the young, lonely widow mourning the loss of her husband. The meek student struggling to get a passing grade who always feels like he gets walked on. He saw the frustrated revolutionary who is convinced that no one cares. The struggling business owner whose merciful heart always gets in the way of the bottom line. You see, Jesus calls this ordinary group of people sitting before him blessed, not because of the things they could do or achieve or because of what they owned or the titles they had next to their names. The reason he called them blessed is because the source of all true blessing was sitting right in front of them, inviting them to follow him into a kingdom that doesn't operate like the kingdoms of the world. Jesus is saying to this group of wobbly and weary people, wherever you find yourself, whatever you're going through, you are blessed because my kingdom is now open to you. The Beatitudes are good news. In his book, What Are They Saying? Warren Carter writes, in the Beatitudes, Jesus has the disciples imagine a different world a different identity for themselves, a different set of practices, a different relationship to the status quo. And the Beatitudes, Jesus is saying, I am here now. You can know me. And I came to bring you a whole new way of living. It is life in my kingdom. And it's available to you right now. The Beatitudes are good news. But to truly receive them as such, We've got to adopt Jesus' upside-down, counterintuitive, almost opposite way of thinking. We must allow him to transform our minds to truly change the way we think. You know, it, it sort of reminds me of when I've traveled to parts of the world where they drive on the left side of the road instead of the right side. Maybe you've had this experience. I mean, driving in those places is, I mean, it's the complete opposite of what I'm used to, of what most of us are used to here in the United States. I mean, a a right turn is now the turn where you wait till there's no oncoming traffic so you don't get T-boned. A a left turn becomes the near turn where you might go left on red in the same way we go right on red. I mean, everything is so counterintuitive. It's almost the opposite of what I'm used to thinking. The Apostle Paul, whose life was turned upside down, you might say it was quite opposite after an encounter with Jesus, he wrote these words to Jesus' followers who were living in Rome, which was the epicenter of the kingdoms of the world. And he said this, he said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul is saying that, living this blessed life is not something you can work your way into or be given a set of rules to follow. This upside down way of living will only come to us as we choose to follow Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and change us from the inside out, transforming our thinking day by day, moment by moment. You know, it kind of takes me back to where we started with the the finger trap. Because I mean, everything in you wants to pull your fingers out, right? Right. But in doing that, you'll simply remain stuck, trapped, unable to break free. Now, I don't know about you, but I gotta admit, sometimes I feel trapped, unable to break free. And it's usually because I start to think that for me to experience the best life ever, I gotta chase success, popularity, wealth, influence. And I get stuck because I am chasing the you life. But you see, Jesus came and he just turned all of that upside down. And he taught us that the way to the blessed life and the best life is not in following our natural instincts or the pull of the world around us. It's in surrendering to him and his spirit that we will find the you plus life this life to the full. It's in listening to him and, and doing what he says. That's where we will find freedom. Jesus says, come follow me. Come follow me. You, you draw near to me. Allow the spirit to renew your mind and you will be again to experience life in the kingdom, the you plus life. Right, and just, just imagine, what, imagine what God could do if, if a few hundred of us, say began to live this way every day. Imagine what God could do if a few thousand of us began to live this way every day. Just just, just think how our families would flourish. Just think how our neighborhoods and cities would flourish. Just think how our world would become the place God dreams it could be. That's the mission of Jesus. And that is the mission of his church. We say it like this, helping people find their way back to God. And finding your way back to God is what it means to be blessed. And Jesus says these blessed ones are not, the ones the world typically thinks are blessed. No, Jesus says it's those who are poor in spirit. The poor in spirit, they are the blessed ones. He says, it's those who mourn. He says, it's the the meek that will be blessed. He says, it's the ones who hunger and thirst for my way of living. Jesus says, it's it's the merciful, the pure in heart, those who are solely fixed on me. He says, it's the peacemakers and those who are sometimes persecuted because of me. These are the blessed ones. They are the ones who are living the U plus life. Will you join us on this journey? Will you say yes to the U plus life? Let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful for these words of Jesus. Lord, we're grateful for that moment when he sat on that hill and he spoke these powerful words, helping us see this counterintuitive blessed life that he offers to any one of us who chooses to follow him. God, give us the courage to say yes to you, to say yes to this you plus life, to follow you and enter into this counterintuitive, upside down, opposite sort of kingdom you want us to experience and live into. We pray this in your son Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you'd like to take a next step, head to communitychristian.info. If you'd like prayer, please text the word PRAYER to 331-226-1686 and a member of our prayer team will reach out to you. To give financially to community, head to givenow.cc. Thanks for listening to the Community Online Podcast.